Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. Um, we are on episode 24, which we are calling the Griffining. Wait, are we calling it that? No, we're not calling it that. John we'll put see. the episode title in. <laughs> I am Kay Prusser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing, and with me, as always, is John Troopin. John, how are you doing? Doing very well, Kate. I walked outside earlier this morning, got... Uh, a little bit of rain on me, feeling much more alive and rejuvenated. Uh, I saw someone suggest that the rain, the return of the rain, was Mariner fans' tears at the DFA of Leonis. Cannot confirm on that one, but it is, regardless, a pleasant a pleasant day to be recording here. How are that you doing, is, Kate? Uh, John Edwards, Anorak CA, on, on Twitter, who suggested yes. that. And, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, I am still... I'm not going to lie, I'm unexpectedly very sad about the Leonis DFAing because I don't totally understand it from a yeah. baseball standpoint, um, mm. but moreover, like, from a personnel standpoint, just, you know, as you're engaged on this horrible road trip, this road trip from hell, and uh, he's such a huge positive force in the clubhouse, and... I just don't see how it it doesn't make guys feel weird. 
it is certainly a strange one. And, and like we've sort of been through this already this season, because obviously he was DFA'd earlier this season. But you know that was a point in time where it was like, oh man, like he's the worst hitter in baseball right now. Like yeah. we have to make a change of some sort. Like it hurt a lot, but it also made sense. Like you could see it coming. Um, you know, and this was a situation where you had other options, I guess. Um, you know, you didn't have, you know, Leonis had come back in. It wasn't like he was destroying the ball, but he was hitting, you know, he was doing a combination of what he does, which is play excellent defense, get picked off a little bit, but make up for it generally by stealing bases and taking extra bases and hitting enough, you know, and he was hitting enough again. You know, mm-hmm. he was around his average, you know, career numbers. It's definitely a tough one from a fan standpoint and probably a tough one for the team, especially since yesterday was sort of a culling <laughs> either by choice or by injury um, for a team that really didn't need more people to be hurt. Yeah, uh, yesterday <laughs> was brutal. Just yeah. what a brutal series that whole. Bra- I know they got out of it with the series win, which they mm-hmm. should have, frankly. Right. Yep. Um, but just there was just bad luck at every turn, and they played mm. sloppily too. I don't know if like Braves yeah. is infectious. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta's right there, right? Can we check mm. in with the CDC on that? It's it is. A potential danger. Certainly barving is... Barving. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Somebody on Twitter said, not everyone knows that the Braves, we call them the barves when they're very barvy. And he's like, oh, it's the the little known plural of barf, Uh, Mm -hmm. which was... To me, this series and a lot, just a lot of sloppy play. Um, it was so gross. It was really gross. It was gross watching. What's which? Which one of the many errors? Because they committed four in one game, and I know like the error keeping stat is problematic, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the most frustrating, the one that actually made me kick at the couch, mm. was uh, the Yonder Alonso dropped. Yeah. Uh, that was that was I'm mean, just bricked. That was the uh, yeah. ugliest, sloppiest of the various errors. Yeah, you don't generally see that. Uh <laughs> it's it is it was pretty gross. Uh, gross. But uh Is that the one that stood out the most to you or it's I mean the Hanniger's drop yep. was frustrating. Was that was that for the <clears throat> game before? Or was that that same game? Because it's all blending together. That was of... that sa- That was the same. The middle game yeah. of the series, which was the sloppiest play yeah. of the series. Yeah, because yeah. um, you know, it was like you know he it just was a weird looking. Line. You know, he looked uncomfortable. All all of the outfielders looked pretty uncomfortable this series, which was like kind of strange. Like we saw Heredia go into the gap for a couple and then like realize he wasn't getting there and turn like and run straight back which (laughs) was just like not the way you want it you know we saw some very weird angles all all series and it was pretty barvy um but there was it's hard to get rid of the image of just a heel of the glove um 
which yeah i think um you know we give them i'll give the outfielders a little bit of credit because they were playing in a brand new park first time someplace they've never been before Mm -hmm. um you know not even segura who has some experience in the national league ballparks Mm -hmm. knows and so you know they had like a little bit of time to warm up and kind Mm -hmm. of get to know the lay of the land and uh, you know it's I, i i understand how that could be challenging um, For sure. But the the errors just compounded on each other, and right. Um, I also wanted to tunnel down into the fact that in that middle game, that middle start, uh, Marco Gonzalez again doesn't make it three times through the order, doesn't make it into the sixth inning, but pitched really well and isn't going to get any credit for that. I mean, he didn't pitch very well, but he pitched pretty well. He got so unlucky on pitches <laughs> yeah. that were exactly where he wanted them to be. He hit his spots, and then Brandon Phillips just, like, reached down with his giant man <laughs> strength and golfed it over the head of Segura or whoever. So, um, yeah. it might not look... And there were there were some times, I know that service has said... Oh, Gonzalez pitches a lot in the zone. We actually want him to pitch less in the zone. And I mm. saw him trying to do that, especially after he had established the zone, after he had established the low strike, he was getting the low strike. And then he started trying to expand the zone, but he wasn't getting the calls to go along with it. And I sort of wish that he had just kind of stuck to his plan <laughs> a little more. Because he had yeah. the two walks, which is super uncharacteristic for him. And, um yeah, that was this was another step in the evolution of Marco Gonzalez, I think. Um it doesn't look like a huge step forward, but I do I just think that when you talk about growing pains, these are growing pains. Yeah, I mean both Gonzalez and Albers, I think we saw similar situations where it's like you didn't pitch spectacularly, but you pitched well enough to, mm-hmm. you know, keep the team in it which you know i mean as, as it has been all season it's well we can't necessarily judge this by i mean you can judge it by what you sta- you want a standard pitcher to do which is to say none of the pitchers on the mariners have done what you want your pitcher to do as a starter yeah. but it j- you know just in this weird <laughs> absurd microcosm of what you want a Mariners pitcher to do. <laughs> um, you know, it's like w- w- there aren't going to be any games this year. You know, we had uh, without Paxton and not counting that one Miranda complete game. Yeah. There hasn't been a game where the starting pitcher won the game for the Mariners. Like that there, there simply has not like there, there haven't been pitchers who've gone seven or eight innings, you know? Like, Erasmo was good last night in that he went six innings mm-hmm. and gave up, I believe, two three runs? runs? Three runs? Well, because he gave up three in the first two innings and then yeah. chilled out. Um, <laughs> he did. And it was like, you know, and it was like, that was good. You know, that was a legitimately fine start. Um, but Some might call that start quality. Indeed, or chewy at least. Um, <laughs> although yes, that was a, that was quality indeed. Um, yeah, but it's you know, but it's like that's just not like what you know. That's the minimum of being a fine start normally. Like 
that's just not you know a scale that we're able to measure by i mean it is again but it's like it's not going to tell anyone anything valuable to say like oh the starter was bad today oh yeah the starter was bad again today yeah so because um, yes and, uh, like, you know, we'll if, let you, we'll say something if they do really actually good <laughs> stuff but <laughs> it, it also points up the importance of the offense just showing up every day the offense right. has to show up every day and they did for yeah. erasmo and they did not so much for marco so uh, I think it's easy to maybe look at these starts and be like, oh, Albers is better than Gonzalez. Well, Albers got more run support than Gonzalez did. So yeah. he was in a position of being able to look better. Also, why did they take the bat out of Marcos? I wanted to see Marco hit. <laughs> I wanted to see him hit as well. It, I, I, I was furious. not. I was not watching. I think I was at work during that particular game. Um, but, like, I just came back and, like, everyone – was furious about Marco Gonzalez not getting to hit, which was a very funny, like weird <laughs> thing position. to be so worked up about. Yeah, just a lot yeah, of rage about that. I mean, I kind of wonder if that was on instruction, uh, sort of like when we saw Edwin Diaz stand in the box and bemusedly just watch three pitches go by. It was hilarious. I mean, he had a very good bunting stance the last time that he was at the plate. Yeah. Um, it was it didn't happen to work out because Anthony Rizzo and everyone in the entire Cubs stadium knew that he was going to bunt <laughs> last year. Uh, and so they threw out Mike Zunino at third base, but he did but, his job. Yeah, I mean, it's Sorry, not he should have gone to, to third base, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the strategy of let's just position you as far as you can uh -huh. technically be from the ball. And, uh, We'll just hope that nothing slips out and, and yeah. hits you and breaks you. Because at that point, we'd already suffered two pretty devastating-looking injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the real crap part of this series. Is like, right. yeah, that middle game sucked. Mm -hmm. um, it was hard to watch at times. But the very worst yeah. part had to be... Uh, the Cano injury and Heredia being hit with a ball so hard that they called it a foul ball because yeah. of the sound it made. It was gruesome. Fairly horrifying. Gruesome. Uh, 96 on that ball that hit yeah. Heredia. I mean, it was, it, it sounded, I, that was like what gave me a pause. It was like, it sounded like a, you know, right on the uh, bone uh, for him and, yeah, I obviously like Cano is a bigger miss or, or, or a bigger thing to miss if yeah. he's going to miss extended time, which, you know, he probably isn't going to be back before a DL stint just because when you're 32, 33, 34, you know, you start to slow down and your, you know, your pulled hamstrings become strained hamstrings and your strained hamstrings become torn hamstrings. So, uh, you know, generally you don't see a guy casually jogging a torn hamstring off. So that is <laughs> relatively, I suppose, better. Uh, but why is everyone so beat up? 
the dangers of an old team. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. We got a question on Twitter about uh, how much of this falls on the training staff, and it's really, it's not the training staff. It's yeah. an old and injury-prone yeah. team, and these are the kinds of things you're going to see. Yeah. And it's tough to like. There have been years where the training staff was one of you know regarded as the best, one of the best in the league because very few players got hurt. You know, yeah. and like. It's very tough to say, you know, but Hisashi Iwakuma is very old. Like, Drew Smiley has a long-standing injury risk. Like, Kano mm-hmm. and Cruz are older players with, histor- you know, with a lot of mileage on them. Cruz having, a like, not a history of missing games, but a history of being dinged up. Mitch Haniger uh, is under a wizard's curse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all know. these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's it's a lot of situations like that where it's like you are not um you know you're 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 not dealing with an ideal situation i guess you know and and it has not worked out that they you know slipped through everything perfectly and some of that's bad luck and maybe some of it is better they could do better uh strength and conditioning but I, you know, it's tough. I think some of that lands on the player too, right? Like uh, Felix, you know, Felix is renowned for his Mm -hmm. not so great uh, commitment to working out in the off season. Right. Why would you work out when you could Mm -hmm. go hang out in the Maldives? (laughs) It's totally, it makes sense to me. Um, So he just started doing it this year, but obviously, you know, someone like Cruz has been working to offset father time for, since he turned 30, so <laughs> that's Since part of the reason. he met Father Time at a convention, <laughs> at, a, at a dad convention. Aww. He's a uh, very well, dad-like man. Let's <laughs> look forward a little bit on the road trip, um, which continues because it is brutal. Uh, so we've, we've crossed off the Tampa Bay leg with a series win. Good job. We crossed off the Atlanta leg with a series win. Good job taking care of uh, what they're supposed to do. And then now it gets tricky. Right. Uh, this is this is the really ugly part of it. And of course, we're facing the Yankees and the Orioles, two teams who are kind of well, the Orioles, the Orioles are in the wild card race, right? They're say, I guess. on the very edge at this yeah. point. But yeah, I think they're two teams who are one who the Mariners probably can't catch and one who the Mariners probably won't be caught by. But Yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase that. Hopefully what the Mariners will be able to do in Baltimore is kick them off the precipice yeah. of yeah. clinging to the AL card right. race. If, um, yeah. I just want to deal with the Orioles first, even though the Yankees come first chronologically, uh, just because the Orioles have the worst ERA in the AL. There is only one team that sucks worse at pitching than us, <laughs> and it's the Orioles. Is that uh, starters it, or just cumulative? That's, that's their starters. That's their, their rotation. Okay, um, yeah. It is the second worst in baseball behind the Reds. Man. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, it's I gross. Mean, just across the board, too. It's like they're – what are they? They've got league worst – or AL, AL worst um, ERA, third worst FIP, 
like also worse than the Mariners. Um, you know, just nothing, nothing whatsoever good. Um, and we have, and we have their Yovani. Like they're doing this without their Yovani. <laughs> yeah, we have their Yovani, and we have their Ariel Miranda, who yeah. we flipped into a fairly competent pitcher, an okay pitcher, uh-huh. uh, where and left them with the smoking ruins of Wade Miley. Yeah. Who's been one of their better pitchers? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, oh man, yes. <laughs> that is. Uh, they're still giving innings to Baldo Jimenez, whose face makes me sad when I yeah. see it. Oh, and, and I mean, part of it is Tillman, who's been bumped to the bullpen, I believe, at this point. Yeah. Yes, um, he has. And you know, they, I believe they they got Jeremy Hellickson, who's been pretty much nothing of use either mm. um at the deadline but uh you know and and they have two essentially competent pitchers in Dylan Bundy who started out great and then fell completely apart and Kevin Gaussman who's always a mystery because <laughs> uh, he's supposed to be super good but he's not very good and no one knows why oh i have an idea why and that well, idea is the orioles suck at developing <laughs> pitching they suck they gave parker bridwell away for like free and he looked awful mm-hmm. momentarily and then the angels were like oh let's just fix you <laughs> the and angels like, will tra- will develop you <laughs> yes. I know. What yeah. a knock is that on you if like, the Orioles can't develop you, but the Angels can. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our uh, friend site, Camden Chat, had a, a piece on um, how the Orioles rotation didn't have to suck this badly. <laughs> it really didn't. Uh, it was pretty good. Let's see if I can bring it up real fast. Uh, so, you know, if you're ever getting very mad about the Mariners and their pitching. Um, Just remember that, like, it could be so much worse. I mean, that's the funny thing, right? It's like the the Orioles are essentially – the Orioles and the Mariners are very similar teams. Like, the Orioles had one of the worst rotations and one of the worst starting rotations to ever make the playoffs. And they got there because they had incredibly good hitting and – really good infield um you know and so the defense was solid and it all you know sort of worked out okay but the mariners have even better defense and pretty much comparable hitting and so like it's just this like this is such a crap model that they're having to follow because their entire pitching staff fell apart um but like it is hist- it is mostly hysterical to watch it inch closer to maybe possibly working. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the the key. There is the idea that the Mariners are very similar to the Orioles in that they're both struggling with pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, they both are relying on offense. But the edge is the Mariners have great outfield defense, mm-hmm. and the Orioles have Seth Smith. Indeed. Um, so th- these should be winnable. These should be winnable series. Yes. This should be a winnable series, and if it's not, they have no business being in the conversation Indeed. for an AL wild card spot. <laughs> and maybe they don't anyway. <laughs> and they probably believe, don't anyway. I believe but... you said that about like at least splitting the Angels series, <laughs> and 
there they went and got swept, and here we are, still a game out. Um, uh, so let's move on and talk about the Yankee series, which is going to start tomorrow, or mm-hmm. today, if you're listening to this. Uh, oh boy, this is this is scary. This is a scary one. Yes, um, and they have proven that they hit back when uh, offended or <laughs> hurt. So <laughs> later today, the day that you'll be listening to this, you know, Jake will have the series preview up and and be able to go into uh, some depth about you know the starting pitchers that they're going to face. But um, you know, it will be a definite tough situation. I believe it's Sonny Gray, CeCe Sabathia, and um, I can't remember who the final one is. Um, it's not Severino, I don't believe. but which Thank is goodness, because he has also been on fire lately. Yeah, but, you know, it, I mean, it's really going to be... <laughs> I. It is tough to see the Mariners as a... As, as anything other than a steep underdog in any of these games. Um, but, yeah, especially getting the first game where you have a slightly more even matchup of Sabathia and Miranda, um, it, it would be huge. So, yeah. All right, <laughs> we're going to take a break. I'm going to berate John for that. And uh, when we come back, you're going to take some of your questions and also hopefully have an interview with uh, Casey Catherwood, who is the in-game entertainment specialist at Tacoma. So, And we're back. At this time, I'd like to introduce a very special guest to the podcast. If you've been to any Rainier's games this year, you've seen this man, you love him, you're maybe a little frightened of him. It's Casey Catherwood. Hi, Casey. Hello. Hello from Tacoma. Yes, I, that's why we have this weird echoey sound, right? Because you're shouting, all, you're shouting through a tin can all the way from Tacoma. I'm shouting from the musty confines of the Cheney Stadium press box, looking at some people practice for their wedding that is happening here. They're wearing matching Tacoma Yankees hats, and it is very, very, it's beautiful. It's touching. There, that's, a, that's commitment. You said a number of things, which I'm unfamiliar with there. (laughs) First of all, this is not even a real wedding. This is a practice wedding. Well, it's like their wedding rehearsal, but the wedding is tonight, to my understanding. (laughs) Okay. And they're wearing matching Tacoma Yankees hats. Yep. I I didn't make that part up. (laughs) Hey, I just... You know, to all of your listeners out there, I know that you all really love baseball, and I get it. I love the game. I love the, you know, just everything around it. But please reconsider uh, when you think you love it so much that you want to get married at a baseball park. (laughs) I I think it sounds sort of nice. You have a PA system right there. I mean, (laughs) lots of food. The food's already very pastoral, like sprawling (laughs) lawns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of space for kids to run. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? Well, I mean, you're literally sitting up there in the press box judging. So. Okay. Let's let's move on. Let's get to the topic (laughs) at hand. All right, Casey, uh, tell us a little bit about the job you do for the Rainiers and how you kind of got into it, because you don't exactly have a conventional baseball background. 
No, I don't have a conventional baseball background. I am our director of game entertainment. Um, they're talking about changing my title for next year because I do a lot of our creative and marketing uh, and branding. And so I really, I've been here three years. This will uh, my third season is coming to a conclusion here with our last four games happening next week here at Cheney Stadium, our home games to be exact. And um, my background is in writing and in music and a little bit of acting. I wrote a few plays when I was uh, in my early 20s. And I got into this because a friend of mine sent me the job application three years ago or the job description. They were looking for someone like me, I think. Uh, and I don't know if they expected what they would get. Uh, I don't think they were looking for someone like you, Casey, because there is no one like you. That's very nice of you. I know you mean that with a, with a lot of, uh, (laughs) a lot of reverence in your voice and an admiring tone. Um, you know, it's, it's been a wild ride. We really made Cheney stadium a cool, fun, uh, strange place, probably cooler, more fun and stranger than it's ever been. Um, but we're, I'm I'm proud of what I've had a part in, you know, beyond just normal mascot tomfoolery. I am our man on the mic during the games, which if you look around the, the, the professional sports, particular uh, particularly minor, minor league baseball world, and there's a lot of weird. Uh, I think I'm cutting. I'm cutting an edge on it. I don't know what that edge <laughs> is. My own edge, and it's uh, been a pleasure getting to know you know your your team, the Lookout Landing team. Uh, I respect that you guys come out to the games and know that you enjoy it here. And um, you know, I'm excited to talk about a couple. You know, how we're going to end this season with our high voltage records night i think we're doing something really cool with that and i think that's the purpose of your call but you know if, if you want to we can talk about the wedding more if you want or whatever i mean i would just like to dip a little because i watch a lot of minor league baseball and minor league baseball is great because it is weird and you have things like you know your typical mascot races and um Oh, people rolling giant tires around, and I, I think that there's a there's those a are level my least favorite you, promotions, by the way. I, I I know I know that you do not enjoy the 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 stuff of what is common across minor league baseball parks. I personally am grateful Tacoma doesn't do any kind of kiss cam or anything like that because ban the kiss cam. Um, I do think that there's no one who's doing quite what you do. So maybe just give us give us the insight on a couple of particular uh, bits that you do. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the um, refusing to admit that the solar eclipse hadn't happened yet. Uh, just refusing to miss <laughs> out on the fun of that. Oh yeah, that was that was a whole bit the other <laughs> night. Was they all were acting like the solar eclipse was imminent when of course it had been hours and it was a night game so yeah so it was t- <laughs> tuesday was the eclipse i obviously watched it at 10 30 with the rest of earth um watching the solar eclipse and it was much smaller than i expected it to be like i thought it would be a lot bigger um but you know a lot of hype a lot of hysteria obviously dominating the news so um yeah it was unfortunate we didn't have a morning game that day it would have been cool to do the eclipse during a game so uh, a good example of the type of promotions or things that interest me are basically running your in-game entertainment uh, at a 
triple a baseball game like it's a uh, public access television show yes that and, is exactly uh, what you if you go back and review the tape over nine innings we had this running story that we're all super excited for the eclipse uh we all have eclipse glasses on i'm stumbling around the entire game because i can't see anything rhubarb our mascot who's a seven foot tall reindeer has some pretty righteous, like almost like Kanye West stunner shade eclipse yeah. glasses. Mm-hmm. He's kind of wandering around in, uh, you know, obviously perpetuating a brand of humor that is uh, one of my favorite wheelhouses, which is being excitedly uh, absent-minded about a concept. So like completely unaware that the eclipse happened this morning, thinking it's happening at eight o'clock at night. Uh, and then just, obviously walking around a baseball stadium for three hours and people being kids being being like hey the eclipse happened at 10 o'clock this morning and looking a small child in the eye and being like no the eclipse is happening in 25 minutes i don't know what you're talking about uh i don't think if it was just a bunch of if it was a bunch of big wheel races and you know, mascots running around the outfit. I don't think that I would be particularly into my job as I am, um, but I'm lucky to be in a place, Tacoma, Washington, which is a great place if you haven't been here. Uh, it looks a lot like Seattle for all the snobs up there. It really does, you know, it looks, it's still the trees and the the stuff. Hey. Um, the, the trees and the water. And the kind people, you know, the really kind people. Um, but I'm in a place in Tacoma which is, somehow embracing the strangeness that I bring to the table. And I, um, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. It's good to be here. Well, I really do appreciate the commitment to the bit that you always have. So <laughs> when you say across nine innings, it is across nine innings. So uh, John and I were in attendance at my first experience of the inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. who is fantastic. Uh, He's inspector. a really great character. Yeah, he's a he's a real um, he's a real hard hard A, you know. I don't. He's a hard A. Now. He's a real yeah. hard A, uh, <laughs> with two dollar signs at the end of it. Um, I don't know what the level of. Yeah, do you have high, a, a lot of children cursing. listening to this podcast? Indeed. No. Yeah, yeah, tons, tons. Just it's broadcast in schoolrooms across America. Shout out to the kids. Keep working. Uh, school's <laughs> about to be back in session, and we're expecting a lot more out of you this year. <laughs> Last year was really <laughs> a rough one. Last year was a 7 out of 10. We're expecting a 7.5 or an 8 this year over across the board. So the inspector, uh, the whole bit with the inspectors, you, they plan these great, crazy stunts that could never happen like hang gliding off the top of cheney uh and just as it's about to happen the inspector runs up and shuts everything down and uh is booed just mercilessly by the Lustily, crowd <laughs> lust lusty boo the booze they are lusty but he gets i mean he's like a he's like a pervert in the way that he like he loves it you know what i mean like this, this isn't just an average guy who's just like trying to make sure everybody's safe this is a safety inspector who is like a vaudevillian level villain who who's yeah he's boo thirsty he loves the booze and he loves putting down the children and ruining their fun um in a sick and a sadistic way yeah he he and that's why kids love it kids love it 
Uh, is it ever hard on your psyche to have... Because you just you walk around the park for nine innings and you do not let go of this character the whole in time. In a trench coat. Sweating, in a trench coat. Sweating, miserable. Yes, yes it is and hard on the psyche. Are you, I mean, do people actually care about this? Yes. It's very hot. It's very miserable. Uh, I do not like particularly being booed by children for three and a half hours. But, uh, you know, it's all in fun, and I think it's uh, it's for the kids. And the, the kids are booing with smiles on their faces. Um, so that's, I think that's, you know, that's a good sign. It, it's fantastic, really. Thank and you so we, much. John and I just laughed our butts off the whole time. I don't uh, think I ever saw myself being in the position that I am, but I'm trying to... Uh, make the best of it as long as I can. Oh, you're just really embracing it with both hands. And one of the things that I think is kind of cool, and especially like uh, given just the flexibility and the support that the Rainers have given you, is you were instrumental in um, planning this uh, high voltage night, right? Yes. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? So when we get away from, you know, being an idiot and thinking the eclipse happened uh, eight out, you know, even though it's been already past eight hours ago or being a creepy guy in a trench coat, I would like to consider myself someone who appreciates the finer things in life, uh, culture, literature, etc. Um, but music obviously makes the world go around, and it's something that we have a lot of pride in. Um, I, I select all the music that plays in our stadium at any given time of a game. Which is always, always awesome. Like, whether it's Sunday jazz, like, just Nina Simone pops up on the big board in Cheney out of nowhere. You know, I'm always on Shazam trying to figure out what band it is. Little indie band I've never heard of that's playing in the pregame warm-ups. It's definitely, it's a music lover's experience down there at Cheney. So we, you know, that's, we're almost trying to get to the point where we take away walk-up music away from these players because they're playing the worst music in the, in the whole, you know, four, four hours. Um, you, I don't know you mean you don't like hearing Humble six times a day? I, I love Kendrick Lamar, but that would not be even in the top 10 songs I would use as my walk-up song, which does beg the question, John, I do want to know what your walk-up song would be. Well, so... My initial choice, I will say, was um, a fairly niche one. Um, although, as as a pitcher, I've I feel like it would have more impact as like coming in as a reliever. Um, but the uh, theme song for Vegeta when he is a Super Saiyan. Oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Love that. Yeah, no, that's good. I. I... Is an, an unfortunately niche uh, choice. <laughs> um, so for hitting, which I always struggled with because I'd always think about a million things at once, um, I would probably go with Acid Raindrops by uh, People Under the Stairs just because oh, okay. it's very relaxing. Yes. Um, and maybe everyone would chill out and the pitcher would throw it a little bit softer so I could actually see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. What what about what about the two of you? Where, where would you go? I I'll let you go first. Yes. Uh, I would definitely go with uh, Slater Kinney. Probably some, just maybe something, uh, maybe dig me out. Just take me back to my college slash early 20s days of jumping around and feeling like I could do anything in the world. When you were were a rebel, rebel girl. When I was a rebel girl. Riot, I was a riot girl. I was an actual riot girl. Uh, you know, 
I wrote things on my knuckles and thought it was very tough. So love, love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I would want to change mine every day, but if I had to bat today, I think I would want to go up to that really awesome drop in that uh, that. Is it the age of Aquarius? This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And I'm not even an Aquarius, but that's just like get me hyped to, you know, uh, poke. Probably, I literally would never hit it hard. Poke, poke it the other way. That's all you need. Yeah, as long as you point. have Ian Miller speed, you can just like. That guy is very fast. I would be very excited to see him uh, steal one base as a Mariner. Just one. Me. Me, me too. Me too. <laughs> so right, we so- are High Voltage Night. Uh, we partnered with a record store that is incredible here in Tacoma. I've worked in record stores in the past when I lived in Seattle. Uh, I would rank High Voltage Records as the best, if not maybe, probably best or second best record store I've ever been to. Uh, wonderful staff. It's, an, it's a treasure here in Tacoma on 6th Ave. They have a small staff, which I think serves them well. Uh, it's just four people. Their owner, Brian, is incredible. Um, and I, my first year of living in Tacoma, I did not feel like I was really invested in the city at all. I didn't you know, like living here. I was basically living here so that I could work, work and kind of begrudging it. And then when I started going to High Voltage Records, Tacoma started to feel more like home to me just because there is something very therapeutic for a group of people. I think that group of people has shrunk over the years but because uh, so many people are downloading music or whatever it is now. But there was a group, large, there was a semi-formidable group of people that find the act of going to a record store three to five times a week uh, very therapeutic, even if you don't buy anything. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, comic book stores, whatever it is, like that little thing of just going. Uh, and so that High Voltage Records is a huge part in me feeling like Tacoma was my home. Now it is definitely my home. Uh, so they're amazing. We love music here at Cheney Stadium. I, our president, Aaron, and I are diehard uh, vinyl collectors, music fans, and we decided to make, do a partnership with them. So on our game on august 31st our final game of the season thursday thursday two dollar beers uh it's a marriage made in heaven uh high voltage has crafted a playlist in partnership with myself uh they're all of our music well primarily a large portion of our music is going to be played in game off of a turntable up here in our control room it's going to be super badass a great experience and we have a co-branded t-shirt it says we are high voltage on it you can get a ticket to the game and the t-shirt for 20 bucks. We'll have silkscreen posters to commemorate the event. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. And I don't think anyone has quite done anything like this that I know of uh, in a long time. And it's definitely never happened at Cheney Stadium um, where we played all the music off the turntable. We're really excited about it. And it's definitely a celebration of something that the Rangers are all about, which is uh, badass music. Really, that's you know that's what a strong part of who we are as an organization is uh, thinking that music and baseball are a great you know like wine and cheese <laughs> <laughs> and um, and also that strong connection to the Tacoma community right mm-hmm. um, so we are also going to we are encouraging people from LL 
to come out that night as well. So we hope that you will come to this night, which is going to be fun on a few different fronts. I think that there's definitely a big overlap between a lot of LL readers and people who value things like you were talking about, like community, like music, like the connection that you get through going to a record store and meeting other like-minded people. So uh, if you love music and you love baseball, this is going to be a really, really fun night. Perfect for people that um, want to come to a baseball game, chill out, drink cheap beer, hang out with their friends, but also engage in a unique cultural experience. And that is in a nutshell what I would describe it as. And I think it's perfect for uh, your little family to come out and dive into. Fantastic. Casey, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter, which is also always an adventure. Uh, Sometimes Casey just uh, decides that his Twitter has been taken over by loan sharks and for two weeks tweets nothing. But uh, no, I think that was longer. I think that was like a month that you did this whole bit where you were like, when I say Casey is committed to bits, you will see that from his Twitter. Yeah, well, my Twitter was actually seized by loan sharks. Okay. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Uh, it was a foreclosure or settlement. Uh, the the good people at Coleman and Fartington came in and, yeah, I mean, they put out a lot of ads for short-term loans uh, for about a month. But I'm glad I got it out of Hawk, uh, at Casey Catherwood, C-A-S-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Um, follow me there. We can chat and uh, send send each other shirtless pics. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Casey. And we're really looking forward to uh, August 31st at the ballpark. Just so you guys know, the wedding crew is still out on the field, and now there are two drones flying over. So, oh really eating up out here. Um, come join us August 31st. Love you guys, and thanks uh, for letting me be a part. I hope I didn't uh, let you down. Never. You never. could never. Thanks, Casey. Okay. All right, signing off. All right, talk to you later. It is I, Kate. Uh, Unfortunately, we have had a myriad of audio problems this week, and as much as I have tried, I have not had great success with resolving the ones in our question and answer portion of our show. So in the interest of getting this out before it is completely irrelevant, uh, as it was supposed to publish three days ago now, Um, I'm just going to go ahead and send this out in the world. If you send in a question, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, Please send them in again, and I will at some point try to recover this corrupted audio file and see if I can um, get that out. But we appreciate you sending in questions so much. Please don't hesitate to do it again, and we will hopefully talk to you with less technical problems next week.